0: Hello everyone. This is Rick with the cyber pro podcast industry leaders share their insights. It's about five questions in nine minutes cause hackers never sleep. So let's get to it. Jeremy, who are you and what do you do?
1: Yeah, my name is Jeremy Snyder. I'm the founder and CEO of Firetail. You can find us online at firetail.io. We are an API security company. We make software to help keep APIs safe. Awesome. And I know a lot of people are going to
0: ask the question and a lot of people know the answer, but what is an API?
1: yeah an api is an application programming interface the simplest way that i like to think about it is that it's ways for two pieces of software to talk to each other and either interchange data or you know system a is requesting system b to perform a function on its behalf that's the way to think about what an api is and i think if you think about where we are in kind of the modern technology landscape every time you open your phone to order mobile food delivery you are kicking off a transaction over an API from your phone to the cloud. And then that provider is kicking off a further 10 to 30 API uh, interactions for payment processing, coordinating the order, a delivery driver, all of that. And that's really kind of how the modern web works. Thank you for that. I I think
0: that was super succinct and, and, and super insightful. Why do you love being a cyber and technology professional?
1: Yeah, it's a bit of path for me. You know, I actually started as a practitioner for the first 13 years of my career. And at the time, I very much felt like there were days when the job was super thankless. You know, you carried a pager, you were on call very often. I did the 2 a.m. drives to the data center uh, multiple times. And there was a lot of me that said, you know, this is not necessarily where I want to spend my career. But I'll be honest with you, it was actually the pandemic that really changed my focus around this. I realized just how many critical transactions were happening online. And more than anything, we saw the impact that our software was having on a couple of organizations that were using this This as previous company. But they were using our software to allow them to do research around COVID and ultimately develop solutions that helped us all get out of the pandemic. And I saw the value that that could provide in terms of enabling all kinds of innovation around the world. And I realized that that was really the best use of the skills and the expertise that I had acquired in my career up to that point. And that's why I've stayed with it. That's that's awesome.
0: When you hear cybersecurity is a top concern, what does that mean to you?
1: Look, I think there's a couple of things that really come to my mind around that. One is that very often we from, let's say, the company or the customer perspective, we can only defend what we know about and what we think about. And a lot of the times we're a little bit limited in our our views and let's say our creativity when it comes to implementing security strategies and so i know that leads to a lot of concern it's that constant worry that you know i've done this and i've done that and i've maybe gone down a checklist of securing against the risks that i know about but what else is out there that i don't know about so that's one of the concerns that really comes to mind another one is you know do i have the people and do i have the the resources available for 24 7 coverage Let's be honest, our businesses are online all the time now. You know, our, Whether it's our email server, whether it's our internal wiki, there is always intellectual property and confidential data that all of our organizations have that is online. And so I know there's a lot of concerns around just kind of resourcing, staffing, coverage, et cetera. That's one of the things. And then the last thing I'll say is kind of going back to that pandemic timeframe that we think about early 2020 and into 2021. So much shifted online that a lot of organizations that historically would not have been targets for bad actors, all of a sudden became targets. And honestly, they're the low hanging fruit. You think about community colleges, local school districts, a a local healthcare provider who all of a sudden has digital records because they're doing virtual visits and all this kind of stuff. They don't have a cybersecurity program. So I know for them, they digitized very, very rapidly without necessarily having controls or people in place to take care of this. So all those factors together are why I think it's really a top concern. It's just so easy for bad actors. That I like to say, you know, hackers have automation too. And that's something we have to worry about and, and really defend against. And and they have time.
0: <laughs> right. They can they can take as much time as they need. So that's great. Yeah. What insight do you want to share with our community of cyber professionals?
1: Yeah. I'd go back to what I was talking about with APIs in particular. It's really kind of eye-opening. When I started exploring the space a little while back, you you come across these statistics and some of the times you think like, that can't be right. For instance, 83% of all internet traffic at the time that the stat was done, which is a little dated, so it's probably higher by now, but 83% of all internet traffic is API calls. So it's not you or me or you know anybody in your household who's Googling something or pulling up their email or whatever, it's again, systems talking to systems. And then when you start to kind of explore that in more detail and go back to that mobile food delivery order example that I gave, you realize your credit card was sent over an API. Your home address was sent over an API. So the, the sensitive nature of the data being sent over APIs, being shared between third parties, and how, how much is at risk with that, right? And what we've seen in our research of of API data breaches from the last 10 years, it all comes down to designs and implementations. It's not about cryptography. It's not about brute force. It's all about, have we actually built our APIs in secure ways? These are the things that I wanna kinda highlight to any of the listeners who are out there or maybe you know in the process of building APIs or they're looking for what that next attack surface might be that they need to worry about for their own organization think about those third-party relationships, think about the critical business functions and data that is being sent back and forth across those API wires. And then let's look at, you know, how we can make you more secure.
0: Awesome, Jeremy. Earlier, you said something about a pager, so that that's a perfect segue into this question. What's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? Uh,
1: I love Nokia simple feature phones. Um, you know, full disclosure, I'm, I'm a Finn. And so, you know, for us, it's also a little bit patriotic that at one point, you know, tiny little Finland had the number one phone provider in in the whole world, but you know, there is so much that goes on on our smartphones every day that it can be super distracting and really invade and into your time and and your sanity. Honestly. Um, I was just looking through a bin of them right up there on the shelf the other day and some of my old phones and you know what, it's just so simple calls and texts. And ultimately, you know, the communication that you have with your your coworkers, your friends, your family it's it's a lot more impactful when it's over those types of voice conversations a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, especially since back then texting took a lot of finger buttons, right? You know, it really did. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Uh, it's been a real pleasure.
0: Thank you for watching the Cyber Pro Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content.